You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Today's episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is brought to you by Tyler S., Tommy B., Black Cat, and Monica. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. Hey there, lovelies, and thanks for joining us on the 223rd episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. On today's episode, we're... We're... We are. It's Facts. <laughs> us. The two of us. What was together. It? it sounded like wheel when I what came out of my mouth. You're uh, just missing the wheel I'm of just terrors, so excited that it just, the words just <laughs> do whatever they want. Um, we're bringing it back to Mike Flanagan, the Mr. Mike Flanagan. Um, we're going to be discussing Midnight Mass, only episodes one through four. So uh, if you haven't finished Midnight Mass, but you've seen the first four episodes, this is the uh, episode for you because we are not talking about the end of it. Carly has not seen it. Yeah. So I have to restrain myself. I've this is I'm I'm rewatching the series for the podcast, but Carly has not seen it yet. So no, no spoilers. No spoilers. I've no only spoilers. watched one through four um, to make sure that I also don't spoil things. Yeah. For you, lovely listeners. Wonderful. So, well, and it's good. We I think it's spoiler. good. We'll have two two perspectives here. Um, yeah. I definitely feel different rewatching the series than I did the first time I watched it. So, um, you know, we'll get two different points of view here. Yeah. Uh, and as a reminder, we while we won't spoil the full series, we absolutely will spoil uh, episodes one through four. So if you haven't already, um, check out Midnight Mass. It's streaming on Netflix. And, you know, binge it all, watch one through four, whatever your little heart desires. Whatever suits your needs at the moment. Yeah. It is hefty. Yeah. And there's a lot. It is a lot. It's dense material, but there are only seven episodes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. We're talking about Midnight Mass from 2021, just released, written and directed by Mike Flanagan. The IMDb summary is an isolated island community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic, mysterious young priest. Yes. So this is Mike Flanagan's like passion project. This is something he's been wanting to make for a long time. He's had Easter eggs of uh, Midnight Mass and other films he's done. Um, the biggest one being in uh, Gerald's Game, the writer, or not Gerald's Game, um, Hush, Hush. Yeah. where the writer in Hush wrote a book called Midnight Mass. Um and then in Gerald's game, uh, our main character throws the book Midnight Mass at the yes. dog, I think. Possibly. Yeah. Or Oh, yeah. Is there a wolf in that one? Is it a wolf or a dog? I think it's a dog. Oh, okay. Shouldn't throw books at wolves or dogs. No, you shouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah, this is something he's been wanting to do for a long time. It's near and dear to his heart. Um... 
So first impressions, before we jump into details of each episode, uh, how are you feeling so far uh, with Midnight Mass, Carly? Was it, how is it meeting your expectations? I honestly came in with no expectations. I didn't read anything about it. I didn't even like read the synopsis before diving in. Um, it feels, especially this, the first episode, feels very Flanagan mm-hmm. um, with just some of the imagery that he uses. And I'm enjoying it so far. I don't particularly love our like main character that we meet at the beginning, but we can discuss that later. Are you talking about (laughs) Riley? Yes, I am talking about Riley. Okay. Okay. Um, I think um, so I didn't I mean, I didn't have I didn't know what to expect, but I also I watched it like when it came out. I was probably one of the first people to watch the whole thing just because I'm crazy and I just sat there and watched the whole thing the day it came out. <laughs> Most people I was going like, to, but then I was like, we're gonna do an episode on this. I need to I need to calm it down. Well, I wasn't gonna watch the whole thing. It just happened. You know, like I just <laughs> I had nothing else to do and I was just sitting there and it just kept playing and I just kept watching it. I wasn't fully watching it, so it's good yeah. that I'm rewatching it now because there's definitely yeah. things I missed the first time around. Um but there's it's not really, I, I mean, you have to have some kind of expectation as really a Mike didn't. Flanagan fan watching this in that 99% of his shit is gold, right? I mean, he is fantastic. Well, I went in knowing that I was going to enjoy it, that I was going to get something from it, right? Sure, sure. Um, but I really didn't have any kind of expectation because I didn't really love Bly as much mm-hmm. as I've loved his previous, you know, things. Sure, sure. Um, but I also know that it just was like a different kind of Flanagan film. Um, so this one was really kind of like up or a uh, series, I guess. So this one was kind of really, I was just, you know, going to sit down and, and go along for the ride and then kind of figure it out at the end. <laughs> I mean, I was, ex- I had high expectations. Yeah. Um, I think Hill House is one of it's like a fucking masterpiece i agree with you um it's amazing start and to finish. the fact that i knew that this was his quote-unquote passion project as everyone is calling it and i think he calls it himself i had high expectations i, I don't know how to not have high expectations when mike flanagan's saying that this is the most important thing he's created <laughs> like mm-hmm. i don't know how to not have high expectations for that um that being said it's not Spoiler alert, my favorite. Now, I don't dislike it. Is it amazing? Yeah, I mean, it's Mike Flanagan. I think he does a great job with it. Is it what I was expecting or hoping it would be? Not necessarily. And I think the main reason for that, and I'll go into further detail with every episode we discuss, is this, there's, it's not scary. It's not, but there's no, it's not scary. There's no scares. Neither was... I didn't think Bly Manor was scary at all. Bly Manor had some scary moments. And I didn't think Before I Wake was scary at all. I well, think Before it's... I Wake is definitely not scary, but I would put this down on the list with Bly Manor and with Before I Wake. You know what I See, mean? Like, I think that's where this falls for me in the mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan uh, spectrum. I think going into this, because I had known that he this was a passion project of his, I knew it was going to be different because passion project 
passion projects usually are, right? You start with making the things that everybody wants to see, and then you make the things that you want to make. And that's what he did here. And so I kind of had a feeling with how Bly was, even how Haunting of Hill House was, that it was going to be more of an emotional thing than it was going to be an actual... And I mean, that's his thing, right? Right. That's no, totally. And, and so, so that's kind of what I expect when I see Flanagan. He's character-driven. To... He's dialogue-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like that to the umpteenth, umpteenth right. t- um, power. You know, I it's... expect more emotional horror from right. Flanagan than I f- expect like actual horror. And, and I'm so getting this... so angry because I'm Googling. If you Google Midnight Mass, it's like Netflix scariest series to date and it's like no it's not why are you telling people that it's well, absolutely not it's that's kind scariest that's, series to date that's kind of the same thing though with how the witch was when it came yeah. out with everybody saying that the witch it's emotional horror like it's scary emotionally but not necessarily i don't know that it's scary emotionally i kind I don't, of think i don't is. know that it and is I, it doesn't elicit an emotional response absolutely did i cry many times watching this absolutely i'm not it's definitely not bad do not take what i'm saying as this is bad i'm just saying i had the expectation of being scared and Mm. there is zero of that for me maybe other people feel differently i feel like i'm the target audience for this though like i feel like if anyone like if there was a category of people that this is for it would be for me someone who was raised roman catholic and loves Mike Flanagan and <laughs> and has dealt with, you know, dealing with being raised religious in a religious community and maybe not being able to adapt to that over time. Like, I th- I think that I'm the I am the, who this would be made for. Like, so I, don't know, what's, what's I don't know. I don't know who else this would have been made for. <laughs> What's interesting about that is when I was, like, going to start watching this, I was really excited because I've only heard, like, great things about it. Still, you're, the like, the only person that I know <laughs> that's, like, on the fence about it or, like, doesn't, like, necessarily love it. Um, but I know that there are people out there. I'm just speaking from people that I know that have watched it, have, like, absolutely, like – think that it's probably one of the best things Listen, that done. it's like pizza. <laughs> it's like pizza, okay? When you have bad pizza, you still have pizza. If you have a Mike Flanagan film that you don't love, it's still a Mike Flanagan film. It's still great. It's still delicious. I want to eat it. I want to consume it. Give me all the pizza. But <laughs> there is still better pizza out there. I've had better pizza, but... This is the pizza I have in front of me now, and I'm enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? It's just sure. not what I want it to be, but I can still enjoy it. That's kind of what it's like. It's like pizza. This is Mike I- Flanagan Pizza Hut, not Mike Flanagan fancy New York style. Not fancy. Just New York I'm style it street so pizza. Far. So I'm curious to have these conversations. Well, and, and we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. And I think I feel differently about every episode. I feel like each episode brings something very different. And I feel sure. it's it's definitely a journey. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts towards the end because there's definitely there's definitely like this is very and we'll get into it, but this is very foreshadowing heavy. And you don't yes. necessarily get it the first time around. At least not all of it. 
No, um, I agree with you because there are even things that like I've obviously pointed out that I'm sure. just like, oh, this is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. Let's start. Okay. Let's start. We'll talk about the first episode, um, which is called Book One Genesis. So each book is just different. Like it's 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 laid out like the Bible, basically. Yeah. Uh, and this one is, uh, the summary is Riley Flynn returns home to family dysfunction, familiar faces, and a new priest at St. Patrick's. Elsewhere on the island, a dark storm is a Bruin. I added a Bruin because it just says brewing, but it doesn't feel right to say that. I like Storm's it. a Bruin. You don't say storm is brewing. That doesn't sound, doesn't sound right. Right. No, I think both work. Perfectly. All right. <laughs> uh, this one's written by Mike Flanagan, Joyce Sherry, and Teresa Sutherland. So, off the bat, we have who? What music is playing in the back? Is it Neil Diamond in the beginning too? I don't recall. I feel like the Neil Diamond songs just like stick out like a sore thumb in this, in in a good way. Um. But there is some Neil Diamond happening. <laughs> we know they're definitely there for a reason. Yeah, right? yeah. So we start <laughs> off car accident. Mm-hmm. We have Riley Flynn on the ground outside getting treated for his little cut on his head. And there is a dead woman on the ground because he was driving drunk and killed somebody. Yes. Right. And there's Neil Diamond playing in the background and it feels uncomfortable because of that. It's like kind of like happy music and this horrible scene. That we, we will keep on seeing yes. for episodes to come. Every, over and over and over again. So yes. just the shot of her, she has glass in her face, and then the siren um, lights flashing off the glass on her face. Mm-hmm. You just see that image over and over again. Which is a very Flanagan thing to do. It's so Flanagan. That's what I was talking about when I see when I said we have a lot of Flanagan imagery, it's especially a, in the first it's episode. It's a Flanaganism for sure. Yes. I mean, we see... So I'm just Riley just has these dreams where we see this over and over again. We see this yes. vision of her and the glass. Obviously, he's being haunted by this image. Before he's going to sleep, he's yes. seeing this. And Every, you know it's like, coming because this, the camera flips upside down and then we get yeah. the shots. Yeah. And it's it's like uh, every time you lay down, you see this. And it's in Bly Manor they do it with the mm-hmm. guy with the glasses when yes. she gets in the car accident and the guy with the glasses dies. Yes. So, like, spoiler alert for Bly Manor. (laughs) 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 Whatever. Uh, So, like, he, you know, it's it's almost the same thing. Except it's not scary. Scary in Bly Manor. Not so scary here. Um, Right. It's more trauma here. I mean, you also get a little bit with Gerald's game and the Midnight Man. Mm -hmm. This vision of someone being there staring at you while you're sleeping. Isn't there also something in like, oh, in um, Dr. Sleep, there's got to be some of that, too, with the lady um, who died and the baby when he's trying to sleep at some, night? Some. There's some. There's a lot of the, the camera flipping to the side. Yes. Um, in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. 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 So this is a big, apparently Mike Flanagan is very afraid of things staring at him while he's sleeping because yes. he loves to just throw this in every single movie. I, I was a little bit like, mm, I don't, it, it almost feels cringy because he does it so much. I'm just being honest. 
I don't mind it. I just think it's his style. I think that he does it, uses it effectively. I, I mean, I notice it as a very Mike Flanagan thing to do, but I also notice that he does it when he wants to convey a certain thing. Um, and I but like think the last this- three things he's done have done this. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's just I think a, it's just a style. It doesn't. Know. Yeah. Is it? it when? When yeah. does this like stop being a style and start being redundant? Because I feel like it's already reached that point. I think it's just his part of storytelling. You it's know, fair. we can feel differently about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He's haunted. It's a great way to show that he's haunted by his past. But it's not and it's not scary it has the sound like it's scary and i wonder if it should have been scarier like if this wasn't something i've seen from him you know two other times would it be scarier is it meant to be scary i don't think it's meant to necessarily be scary to us i think it's more for me it's more of a thing of just how how haunted Riley is still from day one Mm -hmm. to he is the day that we see him come back to his family. Okay. I don't think it it hasn't gotten less for him. It hasn't. It's still something that he is carrying with him every day that he can see as fresh as the first day that we saw him see it. That's fair. So, I mean, Riley goes to jail for obviously manslaughter. And what has he gone? Four years? Comes back home. And his family lives in this on this island that is basically just dying uh, economically. Uh, The fish are there was an oil spill. It's a fisherman's village and just like no one's making money anymore. Everyone's moved away. So there's very few people left on this island still trying to make it work. There's to a the church, where very religious, just, like abandoning their houses. They're not even yeah. bothering trying to sell it. They're just, They're just like, leaving, boarding up. We're leaving. Yes. And they do a good job of explaining all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a very tight knit community. The people that are left there, they all know each other. They're all up in each other's business. It looks very much like a set <laughs> to me. It does. Um, I think that the insides definitely do. I wonder why they don't have paved roads. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find that, I find, I find that the worst part, like set design wise. Like it mm-hmm. looks like it was an old Western set that they repurposed for this. Sure. I can see that. And st- I just feel like, I don't know. I've been to a lot of islands, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they do up, all have up in the roads northeast. I've been I've to seen. quite a few islands up there and then they all have paved roads. They don't have dirt dirt roads everywhere. And yeah. just it feels a little off. But that's fine. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it was something I noticed. Okay. Well, they filmed this in Canada, right? I don't know. Lo- I think they filmed it on location. Okay. So, it was probably just like a they probably built these structures or something like sure. on an an area yeah. of land. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe they built it from scratch, but it does feel more like to me like a repurposed Western sure. set than I anything else. I yeah. didn't even think about that until you just said about that about the roads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it bo- you know, it just bothered me. I'm like, yeah. I've I've been to a lot of small islands. 
like okay, in the I northeast. Yeah, Wake they, they don't look me, like so that. So I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I is get this it. a real place? Is this a real island? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Let's see. It looks like they filmed in Vancouver. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if it's an actual island, but a Jerry Point Park. So maybe some parks, Steveston, British Columbia, Steveston. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's an actual island, but mm-hmm. definitely they, they filmed on location. Got it. So Riley's home. His parents are very religious. And he has a younger brother who is a teenager and a very mm-hmm. normal, typical teenage boy. Yes. With his friends sneaking out. Sneaking out, talking with his friends, drinking. Um, They take the boat to another smaller island that's uninhabited. (laughs) You know, yeah, get high, camp out. Yeah. Um, Find kitties. There's kitties on this island. There's baby kitties. Little baby kitties all over the island. Um, And, you know, okay. It's it's really good. You know, we're getting to know our characters. We see uh, the priest comes back from a trip. He has a large trunk with him that is making pounding sounds. So we know there is something in the trunk. We do not yes. know what it is. Nice. Um, what else? Who else do we meet? Uh, we meet... Um, we meet the sheriff. We meet the sheriff, who is Muslim. Mm-hmm. And he lives with his son. Obviously, his wife has died. Uh, and he moved away from the city and wanted to live in a small island. Mm-hmm. So he... He's he's a little bit of an outcast, but people are relatively nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're uh, still um, a little tactless uh, when dealing with a, a Muslim on their island, because I'm not they sure are, that they've yeah. never met a, a Muslim before. No, it's a very white community. <laughs> it is. Um, we have and, our town drunk. Yep. Joe. Yep. He lives uh, in a trailer. Yep. And in the just woods. drinks in the woods. And he gets in trouble a lot. For drinking we he does that. and then we also have meet mrs keen miss keen who is awful she oh, is the town Bev. karen i hate her she is um she is at the the she rem- the crazy spectrum side of religion and she represents mm-hmm. radicalization of religion she reminds me of if you've ever seen the mist um, the very religious lady oh, yeah. in the grocery store that yeah. like makes everybody crazy at the end. Yeah, she has a lot. She loves guilt tripping. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a superiority complex. She hates every. She yeah. She definitely has a huge uh superiority complex. She doesn't like Joe or his dog. I'm not sure she likes anyone but the priest. I think so. I think you're correct. She doesn't think that she's on their level. No. They're all beneath her. They're all her minions. Correct. For someone who knows a lot about Catholicism, she doesn't really seem to absorb certain parts of it. Yeah. She's she's a picker and a chooser. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. She's got she has got a quote from the Bible for literally everything that she wants to do. Like if if it suits her, she can quote it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the whole like, you know forgiveness and loving your neighbor thing that's maybe not maybe maybe that went over her head that part went over her head a little bit and she i just want to shout out the actress (laughs) samantha sloyan because i know her from Grey's anatomy 
She's also was in Hush. She was the neighbor. Mm -hmm. And like everything I've seen her in, she's been so likable. And I hate her in this. Every time I see her stupid face, I get angry. (laughs) And I'm like, I hope this doesn't like ruin other things for me because she's so good as this character that like it literally seeing her makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And I think the acting in this is just stellar. Yeah. It's stellar. Yeah. Um, most of the time, the majority of most the time. of the time, the major. I would say ninety four percent of the time, yeah. which is good. It's a good amount because there's a lot of acting. There's a lot of talking. Some might say like too much talking, talking and <laughs> those people would be me. <laughs> We'll get to episode four, and I'll explain Holy my situation shit, with stop talking. Talking in episode four, something fucking happened. Sorry, I mean, spoiler alert: I literally fell asleep like four times just in one conversation <laughs> that we were gonna do. We were gonna film all of the everything today, like in two parts. And I was like, I can't make it past episode we, four. Like we had to, we had to break it up. <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> So I will say, I know that Mike Flanagan likes to recycle actors. He doesn't do a lot of recycling in this. Um, We have, obviously, Kate Siegel. Yes. Samantha Sloyan. We have um, Henry Thomas, Alex Esso. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Carla Gugino in the first episode. And then that's really it, right? Yeah. I mean, I think... Um... What I was what I was kind of getting ready to talk about was Henry Thomas. Yeah. Because I find him so distracting. Like he just does not fit in this movie. I liked him. Or like him. I'm still in it. Listen. <laughs> listen, I think he was a great choice in Hill House. I think the other films he's been used in just has not worked for me. In Blind Manor, yeah. absolutely not. And here, very distracting. I just I don't think his acting capabilities lend himself to this type of character i like him i don't want to make it sound like i don't i just think that he kind of sticks out also Mm -hmm. what's with the fake beard he it's very distracting can we just get an actor who can grow a beard and then you know there's you know what i'm saying i mean there's a lot (laughs) of things about the makeup in this movie that were or in this show that were very distracting yeah yeah um but again, we'll get to that because it's like literally I started watching it and I immediately messaged Amy and I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> distracting. Makeup is so distracting. For sure. For sure. It is. Uh, OK, so, you know, we meet all these new characters. There's there's lots of other characters and we get to know all of them very intimately through lots and lots of dialogue. Yes. So we'll get to it. But there's so many of them and they all talk a lot. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, we have this young priest that just arrived to town, and nobody knows it. They're all expecting their old priest who went on this pilgrimage to come back, and instead we have this young priest, right? So they all go to church on Sunday. Not all. Some of them go to church on Sunday, and this young priest walks down, and they're like, who is this guy? And he he gives stellar stellar homilies that people are just drawn to him he's very positive he's a very good priest he is i was like i like this guy i like father paul yeah father paul's great he's a likable guy he's a likable guy and everyone likes him 
you know they're they're worried mm-hmm. about their their old priest who was i guess a little crazy who's who's got dementia and he's yeah. on the he's off the island at a medical care facility because he's not doing well yes he went on this pilgrimage came back and was uh, fell ill and so he's a, so that's why father paul is on the island yes and and our main character riley is struggling with his faith uh he was religious before the accident and then ever since you know the accident he has had he's been suffering and having difficulty with his faith and father paul is like you know i can work with that you know jesus loves these types of people he has those are his favorite kind those are his favorite people yes the ones that are troubled not yes. the ones that are fine Perfect. Mm-hmm. yes so i just find that like it's a, it's a good first episode like i said we meet all the characters we get a good sense for who they are and and it's a good episode. I'm drawn in. Were you drawn in with the first episode? I was. I was yeah. like, I'm here for it. Yeah. Not a lot of scares. Mostly just set up. I was also terrified of this first episode because you and Justin were both kind enough to let me know that the end of this episode got a little dicey. And the you beginning really of the next episode. <laughs> yeah, you don't see it as much at the end. You see it more in the beginning of, in the, beginning of, of the next episode. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to add about the first episode before we move on? Uh, no, I think you did a great job. Okay. And I liked it. I really did. I like this first episode. I think it's a really strong episode. It's a great episode. So the end of the episode, we a storm's a brewing. <laughs> storm's a brewing. <laughs> Riley sees a priest, the, the priest. He thinks his old priest who wore a, uh, a long jacket and a hat he thinks he sees them walking along the beach but there's this huge storm so he chases after him and he starts running the priest starts running and so he's like i don't know he's he's telling his family like the priest is outside and they're like he's on the mainland he's not here you know i Riley. do really like that imagery the storm it's great imagery, imagery. I, this got me excited Ooh, scares are coming and um yeah so uh you know that's how the episode ends Next morning, they see something on the beach. Episode ends. Okay. Episode number two. Do you want to intro that one? I would love to. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Episode two uh, is book two, Psalms. An unsettling omen washes ashore in the wake of the storm. Later, when the locals gather for a potluck, tragedy strikes and a miracle occurs. Uh, Writers are Mike Flanagan, James Flanagan, and Ellen Gale. James Flanagan is Mike or Flanagan's Elon? brother. Elon Gale? I think it's Elon. 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 I don't know. It doesn't matter. Me either. <laughs> um, Sorry. They're not listening to it, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they are. Um, so, yeah. So this whole episode is just dead animals. <laughs> I, I watched about 30 minutes of this episode in total, probably. <laughs> Sorry, I skipped Carly. the whole first like 15 minutes or however long they're on that freaking island they're for. on the beach for a very long time and it is just filled with dead cats they're, they're having like, all these conversations oh, kate the- siegel is pregnant and i don't understand how she's on the the beach with all these dead cats she's fine she's fine uh there's just dead cats dead cats everywhere holding the dead cats looking at the dead cats close-ups of the dead cats <laughs> just filled with dead cats and basically we know that there were cats on the little island where the where the teenage boys go to drink and hang out. Uh, there were lots of cats on that island, and those are the cats that have washed ashore. We know that 
there is something draining these cats, eating these cats on the small island. And that's all we know. So something happened where that island got flooded and all the dead cats washed ashore right in front of Riley's house. Lucky him. Lucky Riley. Lucky him. So, you know, they're trying to figure out how to what to do with the cats. I think they end up burning them. Yeah, it's somehow put on Riley to burn all to gather and burn all the cats. So sad. It sucks. Well, the the, the the sheriff helps. Yes, he does. He's yeah. a good guy. I like the sheriff a lot. I love the his sheriff is a great character. He's wonderful. He's he's probably one of the best characters in terms of people. Yes. He's just a good He's a good solid person. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh smart, well spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, intelligent. I guess I said smart, but you know what I mean. Yeah. He's a good guy. Okay. He is. Very level-headed. Yes. Level-headed is a good way to put it. Yeah. So we got a lot of dead kitty cats. Sorry, Haley. Haley's sleeping next to me. I'm talking about dead kitty cats. <laughs> Haley's like, oh my God. <laughs> Mom, stop. I definitely like shoot her out of the room. I'm like, no, don't look. <laughs> um, definitely covered Hank's face a couple times. Just don't want the animals to see the scary animal things. They really don't need to. No. Uh, I got to protect them at all costs. Yeah. So, okay, we have dead kitties. We're not sure why the dead kitties happened, but, you know, everyone just seems to get over it. <laughs> They do. There's really no mention of them ever again after this point. <laughs> it's a very big deal at the beginning of the episode. Like yes. I would say for the first 15 minutes and then really never mentioned again. Yes. So we have all these dead kitty cats. Then, um, you know, uh, there is like an overlap of church and Riley going to his new his new church, his new AA meetings that he's going to on the mainland. I like the the way the scene is shot because they use the ho- the Eucharist and and then cross cross phase it with uh, Riley getting his coin or his what do they call it the chip mm-hmm. his whatever the sobriety chip. coins or however long you're you're sober for yeah your sobriety chips I think they're yeah. called and, and so it's just like a really interesting I love the way this scene is shot um and I just wanted to mention that scene because I liked it but I'm I don't know what do what do we think is it just that simple that this is Riley's new church this is Riley's new belief system is himself and getting himself help I do think that that's something that he is just trying to continually figure out yeah. with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's so disgusted by what he's done that he never wants to drink again. So I don't necessarily think that's it. But I do think that he's struggling, especially being on this island, to kind of find that sense of community. He mm-hmm. obviously like wants someone to talk to, but isn't really sure how. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I think, I mean, he even said it when he's talking to Aaron at one point, like he's been trying to find God. He's been trying to do this. He's read it all. He's done it all. He's just constantly searching for anything to like give his life a purpose to make anything make sense at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well put, Carly. Thanks. <laughs> um, and I think we also get more of Erin in this, which is um, um, she's she's basically like I don't, don't want to say it's a love interest, because although I feel that there's love there, I don't think that she and Riley are love interests. I will say that I do feel like that 
aspect and that relationship does feel very forced. Um, mm. I feel like I don't necessarily feel that kind of romantic uh, spark between the two these two people. But I don't I'm not know sure if it's that we're just supposed as, to. Well, I feel like a lot of times, especially in later episodes, it feels like Aaron is trying to make it. Um, so Aaron is basically this character who her and Riley grew up together. She was kind of like the the bad girl kind of mm-hmm. and like left the island, did her bit, ended up getting married and then pregnant and then left and came back home. And now she's a teacher and she's pregnant on the island. And it it feels like it's implied that her and Riley maybe had something in the past. Yes. Um. But it does feel like in these first two episodes that he sees her and obviously like still super adores her. But I feel like that kind of shifts into something weirder later, I guess. I don't know. I, how I to don't know. I feel like it's enunciated. I, I feel like their relationship never goes the romantic route. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I, I, I do like too. that they I feel like they admire each other and appreciate each other and like need each other to mm-hmm. an extent where they both are in their lives. If Riley didn't have her coming back to this situation, he'd be in much worse shape. She's really Agreed. helping him. And he's also helping her because she's also going through, you know, quite a bit of changes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's just more of admiration appreciation and like mutual respect and friendship um i i don't you know there might be a little bit of like a romantic thing kind of but there's no making out here right (laughs) we're not we're not seeing any making out here so it feels it feels to me in their conversations that she's very much you know trying to like I guess, help him or, you know, be just be a good friend. And he's kind of at first, at least in like this episode, especially kind of um, once things get serious, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He very much shuts down and he's like, you know, I got to go back to the parents house now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and she gives him a little bit of a hard time for it. She's pushing him for sure. And he needs to be pushed because he's still got this self-loathing thing going on that's Mm -hmm. keeping him from doing anything positive really absolutely she's so. a great she's a great character she I really is. like her she is a great character um you mentioned earlier that you just don't like riley is that happening at this point or do you want to wait to talk about that yeah so it's not that i don't like him i just his characters kind of like a little bit of a wet fish for me <laughs> A wet fish. I'm, I mean, <laughs> we're on an we're on a fishing village, so I, I'm having trouble with that imagery. Uh, could you elaborate, please? I don't know that it's the character or the the way that the actor is portraying him. Um, he just feels, and it's interesting because I I understand what I meant to feel from this character, right? Um, but it just, in all of his scenes with other people, it just feels so monotonous. Um, and I feel like in all of the scenes that I watch him with, like the other character or the other actor is like carrying the scene a little bit. I don't well, know if that I, I think sense. that it's, I think he's portraying depression pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might not be exciting to see on screen necessarily. And I can understand the monotony part, but I think that. I think that it's accurate 
to well, how a person would be acting who is going through that. That's what I'm saying is that I understand yeah. the things that he is going through by the way that the story is being told. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, but there, there's just some scenes I think later um, in, I think maybe it's three and there's definitely one in four where I I just feel like there's no, there's not like emoting, which I feel like maybe is a thing that's missing. You want him but to be more I, expressive and passionate. That just could be for me. And not even verbally. Just sure. like um, in whatever episode, like he's talking to his dad. I don't know. There's just like certain I things. I think that's this one. Um, three. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm like. They're kind of mushing together. Sure. I'm not really sure which one's yeah, which. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah. So it's not necessarily that I don't like Riley as a character. I think his character is very interesting, and I think that there's a lot of layers. There's just some scenes where I, I just think that he's, you know, a kind of there. But I'm still – I don't know where his character goes, so that could absolutely change. Yes, it could. And I'm excited to hear how you feel about his journey. Um, okay, so then we have um, – what do they call it? The Croc, the croc Potluck. Because yes. the town refer- has a nickname called the Crock-Pot. And so they have a big f- spring festival and they call it the Crock-Potluck, where everyone brings food. And it's not big. When I say big, I mean big for this town because there's like, I don't know, all of 30 people who live here, 50 people who live here. <laughs> um, but we do uh, at this point, uh, Priesty comes over to Riley and is talking to him is like, hey, I decided I'm going to start up AA meetings for you so you don't have to go to the mainland. How nice of him. Very sweet. Very sweet. Father Paul, Um, man. We also get a little bit more of Sarah. Sarah is the doctor in the town. So she's pretty close with Aaron, who is pregnant. You often see them um, with their doctor's visits together. Um, And she has a very old mother. Yes, she's a very old mother she's taken care of. Also has, uh, I'm assuming, Alzheimer's or dementia. Yes. She's forgetting. She can't go up the stairs. She's played by Alex Esso, and that was also one of the things that I was like, why? (laughs) I don't think I even registered ever until you said Alex Esso was in this. I'm like, who is she? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's the mom. She has the worst age makeup of all time. so bad. I was like, I'm so distracted. I mean, it's there for a reason, but I know. And I once, once the, I think it's once this episode happened, or maybe the third. I was like, "Oh, have we just not gotten far enough on age makeup?" You know, technology wise, I feel like that's gotta be it. Because I think the reason why I called it out in this one is because it made me think of uh, Tilda Swinton in Suspiria. Yes. And I was so like, distracting in that too. So distracting, and I hated it. Yeah. And then, but then I realized I'm talking about Mike Flanagan here. There's a reason, right? Sure. There's a reason for this. There's a and reason so, we don't have an elderly character. Exactly. <laughs> we have a young actress playing an elderly character. And of course, there's a reason. A lot of the older character, a lot of the older characters and actors in this uh, series have makeup that makes them look older and so once i started kind of putting those pieces together i was like that's part of the story we're gonna get there i think it's just too drastic i feel like they could have picked an older actress and still had the same effect i think they should have not that i don't dislike alex esso i just think they were put the makeup is too much 
for how well, young if she wasn't fault. if she wasn't that young mm-hmm. they could have picked an actress in her 50s and still had the same effect yeah I easily agree. and and the age makeup would have looked better it would have looked more realistic because you're not going from fresh face baby face to to old lady you're going from you know a middle-aged person to old lady yeah. which just seems more realistic um we'll talk more about that later because we don't want to talk about spoilers and it, I mean, it also kind of felt like a spoiler to me, though, because then I was then I was automatically assuming where this story was going to go sure. without being surprised. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. And I don't know that Alex Esso does an amazing job acting old. Like, I love her. No. Don't get please do not get me wrong. But I just some of the scenes was like she's just moving slowly, but I don't believe that she's in any pain. <laughs> right. absolutely or genuinely confused yeah yeah Mm, i love her i just think we could have the casting could have been better i think mike flanagan sometimes gets attached to having people and things instead of really thinking about who's the best for things um and and it's not always problematic but it can be problematic. And I think that yeah, there's a couple characters in here where while they're great actors, maybe just not the role for them. I think we could have done better. Sure. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think she's one of them, even though, like I said, I love Alex Esso. I do, too. I really do. Um. So no spoilers, but I think it does improve over time. But mm-hmm. I think in these earlier episodes, it's uh, a little rough, rough around the edges. Um. OK, so we're at the um crock pot look and joe has his puppy he has the cutest puppy oh, i love his puppy pike is his name he's such a good boy he's a very good boy and nothing bad ever happens to him carly cover your ears okay okay so pike dies terribly <laughs> poisoned to death blood spurting out of his mouth okay carly uncover your ears okay, okay. Your pike, pike is fine he's so fine <laughs> Nothing bad happens to him. They just took him off the island. They took, you know who, that mean Mrs. Keene just took him off the island. Yeah, she gave him to the boat man. She takes him off the island in death. Stop it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I didn't see that. Um, Again, shout out. It was really awful. I had a hard time watching it. Shout out to Amy. Shout out to Justin Lore uh, for giving me heads up. I apologize but, if you can hear dogs howling in the background. It's good timing for what we're talking about. But you can also hear Leia's little tip tap toes. <laughs> Lots of dogs right now. And all the dogs in my neighborhood decided to howl at the same time. Because <laughs> they know like, what I'm talking about. They're like, R.I.P. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Pike. And Joe is just, oh, my God. Oh my God. He cannot. He cannot handle it. And it's obvious it's Mrs. Keene because she doesn't like the dog. And, and everybody knows that it's everyone her. knows it's her, but no one can prove it. No one can prove it. And it's awful. And we all hate her. She's the fucking worst. <laughs> the sheriff even like point blank asks her about it. Well, she has poison behind her in yep. the closet. And she's still like, oh, if I accidentally poisoned him by putting mm-hmm. poison out. But that dog was eating a fucking full on hot dog. Someone fed him that fucking hot dog. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. I mean, I didn't know that that's how it happened. But yes, yes I knew some, that she did it. <laughs> the dog was eating a hot dog and then the dog was not moving. So at least not in a pleasant manner. She's um, the worst. And to- it was so sad because I knew what was going to happen because I had already seen it and I was watching it with Tony. And Tony's like, oh, look, 
Joe got him a hot dog. Good boy. He's like all excited that the oh, dog Jesus. had a hot dog. I'm like, no, no, don't watch. It's so awful. Um, so that was hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for Tony too. It was not a good feeling. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you skipped it. I'm glad you didn't see it because it it wasn't. It was tough. It was tough I to watch. It, it. I, it wasn't implied. It was shown. So that was hard. Yeah, and Justin said that watching Joe react to it was really hard yes like that actor i mean that actor is amazing he is so good he's so good yes um we'll get to that more because i think in another episode like the acting he does is like fucking Mm -hmm. phenomenal like give that man an award okay so then we have like these aa meetings that the priest is putting up with for riley and it's really just the two of them and it's kind of comical at first because he's like i didn't realize how awkward this would be with just the two of us (laughs) I was like, Father Paul's great. That was another moment where I was like, what a good guy. Father Paul is very lovable. He's very yeah. lovable. You know something's wrong. You know something's a little off, but he's yeah, lovable. He knows- what are you going to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like this whole like, I think especially the first four episodes of this series feel very Stephen King to me. Is a very mm-hmm. Stephen King-esque kind of setup. We get very emotional characters you feel things for for sure and i think father paul is a very stephen king-esque kind of character it almost reminds me of oh god what is that story by stephen king something things needful things almost Mm. like the old guy needful things where he's like nice but there's something off about him Maybe not to the Stephen King of extent. It's a little more subdued than that. Yeah. But I definitely almost feel like that's they're kind of similar. Well, you kind of get that idea because he it he doesn't seem like someone who has just heard all of these things about these yeah. people, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the rapport is genuinely there for him and you get the feeling that he really just knows these people straight up you know yeah yeah and i love these aa meetings that start to happen between um paul and riley because paul is giving very good advice but Mm -hmm. it's over time and like especially upon rewatch it's like father paul is kind of talking to himself yeah and like the the further we get into it and by episode four so a little bit of a heads up by episode four it's like he's rationalizing shit yes He's rationalized. It, it 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 starts off from a good place, like in episode two, when Father Paul talks, he's being very encouraging and providing really good advice. By episode four, we feel like, okay, he's providing advice, but is he really talking to himself and rationalizing his own shit? So yeah. like, it's really interesting how this morphs over time. So when you're watching it or if you're rewatching it, like really pay attention to like what he's saying in these meetings, because I think it's really interesting upon rewatching. I think it's one of the best parts of this series to me is watching Father Paul's morphing throughout. Um, And I think he's the most interesting character in this whole thing, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because his his journey is a very good journey, a very interesting journey to watch. And um, I think the best one to watch Mm. personally. More interest, most interesting. Okay, yeah. So then we have our first kill of the series. Yeah, but no one ever really talks about it. 
No one misses this guy. So we hear, we hear uh, this guy's, the, the drug dealer guy yeah. is walking down the street. And he he's like the head head drug dealer, not the kid drug dealer. <laughs> and he's walking down the street and he the door opens in one of the creepy old houses that's abandoned. And, you know, he says hello. And then he hears his voice coming back. Hello. And it's like it's him talking to himself, basically. And he decides to go in this house. Why? Why he decides to go in the house? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um but he does go in. Yeah. And then we know that nothing good happens there. We never no. see him again. But no one really talks about it. Honestly, I forgot about it until you just told me. Until yeah. you just said that. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're right. He does do that. It's for the audience only. The characters yeah. never talk. Hey, what happened to drug dealer guy? Like, you would think Joe would miss him because yeah. Joe likes this guy. Yeah. That's so funny. I totally forgot about that Joe guy. loses. <laughs> Joe loses his dog. Yeah. His only friend. This yeah. guy is his only friend that ca- he feels like it's the only person on the island that even cares about him as li- a little. And he also loses his sister, we find out. Mm-hmm. So he loses everything in a matter of a week. Just pointing that out. Yep. Yes, he does. <sighs> I love Joe. Joe is a very I good do. character. He's so good. He really is. Um. Okay. Okay, I'm just reading my notes, sorry. No, you're good. So I'm still in it. I like this episode. Um, At what I've watched of it, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a note that says, this is better the second time around. I appreciated this episode more the second time around, but I have Mm -hmm. a big note like, why isn't it scary yet? Why isn't it scary? Okay. I feel like they could have made this scarier. It wouldn't have been that hard. I don't think that that was the point, though. Why? Why can't it be added into it? You know what I mean? Like, think about Hill House. Hill House has just as much emotion, just as much character-driven story, dealing with their own grief and shit. And they're also scares. Like, why can't we have both? Why can't I have both things, Carly? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Ask Flanagan. I want my cake and I want to eat it too. And I don't think I'm asking too much. Thank you. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about book three, Proverbs. The IMDb summary is a miraculous, sorry, miraculous times leave residents stunned as Lisa pays Joe an important visit. A shocking confession reveals what really happened to Monsignor Pruitt. I don't know why I left like there's going to be more. That's it. A shocking confession reveals what really happened to Monsignor Pruitt. That's how I should have said it. Period. (laughs) The writers for this one are Mike Flanagan, James Flanagan, and Teresa Sutherland. So this is one of my faves at the beginning of the series. I think I have more favorites towards the end, and I think I'll be a little bit more positive with the next few episodes. Um, I mean, next. Acting in this episode episode is 10 out of 10. The acting is, oh my God. The whole like Lisa Joe thing. Yeah. Is. <laughs> I got chills watching that scene. Yeah. Because so, she's so good. Yes. And his reaction is so, oh my God, heart wrenching, yes. accurate. Yes. Believable. Yes. This, this oh. episode is great. So at the end of episode two, at the very end, uh, Lisa is a character that's in a wheelchair. We know she's in a wheelchair because Joe shot her when he was drunk. He didn't mean to shoot her. 
he was just shooting his gun in the woods like an old drunk guy and accidentally shot this young girl and she was in a wheelchair forever so we there was some foreshadowing earlier in the in the show where you know she would be walking down the street not walking she'd be wheeling down the street that's insensitive amy she'd be going down the street and uh do you like that <laughs> i liked the uh, evolution of the thank sentence. you uh, she welcome. would be moving down the street and uh joe would be coming the other way and he would just turn around and start like basically running away yeah. um so we knew that there was like there, he's really struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of episode two, we have Father Paul basically going to give the Eucharist to Lisa and s- basically stepping back from her so that she has to come to him. And everyone's like, what are you doing? That's really Everyone's like mean. appalled. Yes, like they're disgusted. Father, what are you doing? She starts fuck? wheeling towards him. He's like, no, no, no. Goes upstairs. You come to me. And this girl just gets up out of her wheelchair and walks to him like nothing. Goes upstairs. Two two stairs, two steps. Yep, it's amazing. A miracle has occurred. I was like, let's be real. Her muscles would be atrophied. That's what I was thinking. Well, while I was watching. They this. would be, but also it's a miracle. So it's true. It's true. There's something in that wine. There's something happening there. So she is just, she's fine. She's good. She can walk. It's a miracle. So the whole town basically in this entire episode is in love with Father Paul now. People now are coming to wants church. To to Everyone wants mm-hmm. to go to mass every Sunday. Father Paul is the miracle worker. His homilies are inspiring and passionate and who doesn't want to go to church now who doesn't want to go to church when there's miracles everyone doesn't want to be healed who doesn't want to listen to father paul talk everyone does so it's very interesting and this one scene and i think the most important scene of the entire episode is when lisa is walking and moving around goes to see joe yeah goes into (laughs) He, his act, like her acting's great. Do not get me wrong. Her acting is great, but his reacting. Oh my God. I'm getting chills right now. I'm getting chills too. It's insane. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. And I do not want to say like, I do not want to give him all the credit because he, she's obviously doing her job. Yeah. So that he can do his, but his reaction to her is just like, it's so fucking perfect. Like, he deserves an award for that scene. And if he doesn't get nominated for something for that scene, like, I I, I want them both to get an award for that scene because it's so perfect. Like, who doesn't? I was we were crying like babies watching that. Oh, my God. It was so good. It's so emotional. Oh, my God. So fucking great. So Guys, fucking watch great. it again. Go watch. If you've watched it already, watch it again. It's so I mean, I cried both times. It doesn't yeah. change anything. It doesn't matter how many times you see it. No, it's so good. She just comes into his trailer. She just uh, fucking gives it to him mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then forgives him. And he yep. just fucking balls like a baby. Right. Yeah, but this this it. is like a trigger in his head. This like gets him to make changes for himself. This gift she's given him. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it, scene, and like it, it the way Joe reacts and the, the changes that come with Joe after are just so fucking perfect. So wonderful. They are. He immediately joins the AA group. Yep, 
I love that scene. I love the three of them in there. I wish we got more of that. I loved those three in there together. I could have done with one more of those. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Riley with Joe. Joe yeah, me too. really brings Riley alive acting wise. <laughs> I agree. I 100% agree. That's, I that's think that Joe's they have best great scene. chemistry. Yeah. yeah, that's Joe's best scene when he's talking with, or Riley's best scene when he's talking with Joe. 100% agree yeah. with you. Yeah. And then we have that Neil Diamond, more Neil Diamond <laughs> fucking montage, which I shouldn't like, but I just fucking love it. <laughs> 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 dad is dancing his back is healed mom doesn't need glasses anymore oh i know it's so everyone's cute. happy everything is going great mm-hmm. on this island father fucking father joe is making everything good everything's going good warren riley's brother is sneaking out with lisa who can now run and you know everything's good because you know warren and lisa they got it they got it oh. going I mean, they're they're in love. <laughs> Warren has been into Lisa for a long time. Yes, and now that she can run, I mean, <laughs> they're gonna go running together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that they can run together, there's nothing to keep them apart. Nope. Um. So it's it's a kind of a happy episode. It's an emotional happy episode. And Riley's kind of having a hard time understanding it, though. He's yeah. Like, How did you do this? He with knows Lisa? something's not right. Yes. Right. He he knows that he everybody should kind of be on their toes, but nobody. He's obviously keeping that to himself because everybody is just kind of on cloud nine at this point. Well, and I think that the best, like, what we also get in this episode is we get flashbacks. This is the first time we see flashbacks. This is the yeah. first time we see what's happening with, with Father uh, Paul, Father Pruitt, mm-hmm. um, when he, or Monsignor Pruitt, when he's on his pilgrimage. We find out yeah. more about what happened to him. We learn, basically, that Father Paul is Monsignor Pruitt. He is just younger. He's de-aged, if you will. Yes. And I like how they kind of interject this slowly throughout the episode. There's, yeah, it's I think it's broken into three or four parts mm-hmm. um, where um, Father Paul is in confession. Not sure who he's confessing to. I was wondering the same thing. I think it was just an empty confessional yeah. that he, he went to when he first got to the island. Yeah, like he's like. talking to, to God. Yeah. Yeah. And he and the thing is, I, Carly, you might not know this. I don't know how familiar you are with Catholicism. But we have something called the Stations of the Cross. Are you familiar with this at all? Vaguely. Okay. So there's something that Catholics do called the Stations of the Cross. And there's, God, I don't know how many there are because it's been a while since I've been Catholic. But there's <laughs> several of them. <laughs> and and each one is like Jesus carries the cross and Jesus gets nailed to the cross. And, there, you know, there's obviously more stages than that. But th- there's several. And so these wooden placards that you're seeing with what's happening with Father Pruitt, which is not at all what's happening with Jesus in the Stations of the Cross, but it's modeled after that. So it's very interesting that they're kind of, they're showing these wooden placards and describing basically what's happening to Father Pruitt in the same way they're described, in Catholicism describes what happens to Jesus. So it's very, very interesting what's happening there. And so I just wanted to draw attention to it. 
I don't know where these wooden placards came from. My guess is they don't exist unless they exist in the cave, which they very much may may well be. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. think that they might. Yeah. So if they do exist, and maybe he's confessing to the creature who we, are, we now know exists. Yes. Do we know what kind of creature he is? I think we're meant to assume that he's an angel. Okay. You think you think so? Okay. I don't I'm assuming cuz I think that's what Paul thinks. Okay. Yeah. We can refer to him as the angel. I'm okay with that. Cuz he has wings. Yes. He's just we can, very for monstrous. Now, we can refer to him as the angel. I'm okay with that. Okay. So I, the mean, a- I can I'm also happy the monster, you know. <laughs> the, the winged creature. The vampire? Uh, I don't he's know. He's a very scary looking angel. He's not yes. like a normal looking angel. No. So Father Father Pruitt goes through the desert on his pilgrimage, gets stuck in a sandstorm somehow, we have no idea how, and comes across this tavern cave thing, goes inside, and there is a large, bald, winged creature with long fingernails. Yes. That immediately attacks him, drinks Mm -hmm. his blood, and when Monsignor Pruitt Wakes up, he is young, he's a young man. Yeah. And we see he's actually Father Paul. Father Paul and Monsignor Pruitt are the same person. Father Paul is just a very young version of Monsignor Pruitt. Yes. So, surprise! Carly, did you see that coming? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I, I honestly, like, I didn't see it. I think I knew before that happened. Yeah. But I didn't know that much before it happened. I I had an inclination when I started complaining about the age makeup. <laughs> sure. And that's kind of when it happened. I was but like, But you oh, only like- really see Monsignor Pruitt in this episode. So maybe mm-hmm. you only figured it out in this episode, I'm guessing. No, I figured out before when he's like when he knew everything about everybody. Okay. okay. Um it, it it was kind of goes back to what I was saying about how he just seemed like he didn't just hear these things about people, like he actually knew them. And so when I started thinking about the old age makeup, when mom doesn't need her glasses anymore and dad's back is okay, I'm kind of like he's – and when uh, – another thing that made me think of it is when the altar boys were like preparing things for the mass and like their duties had already been taken care of. I kind of figured – that there was something in the wine, that there was, you know, it just all these like pieces kind of that came together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to lend to this, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're smarter than I. I didn't figure it out until this episode that that's what was happening. Um, it's supposed to happen, but the makeup just bothered me so much. <laughs> I couldn't let it go. <laughs> I think we have a Mike Flanagan uh, viewing in here, too. I think he's one of the priests in the town before... Monsignor Pruitt gets oh, into cute. the storm. Yeah. I like that. Mm. So we have that. And then we also have Father Paul not feeling so great. He's yeah. not doing so good. He started not doing so good in episode two. And now he's really not doing too good. Yeah. To the point where he dies. Yeah. Just dies on the ground. Very similarly, you wouldn't know this, to Pike, the dog. So I had a question about this. Sure. Did Bev do it? I don't because, know. Because I do not I'm pretty know. sure we, we see her um, kind of looking at 
Father Paul in a certain weird way. And there's also a, a point where she puts the poison back again, meaning yes. that she took it out. Yes. And so I assumed that she poisoned him, but I wasn't 100% sure. And so I wanted to make a mental note to ask you. So, Carly, I don't know. I think you're right. I don't mm-hmm. think I caught it the first time around. But I, in rewatching it, seeing her put the poison back and seeing the way he died very similarly to the way Pike died with the yeah. foaming coming out of the mouth. The only reason that might not be true is because he's sick for a while. Mm-hmm. This isn't new. He's He's been sick for like a week. Right? He was sick he- right after Lisa's... Um, walking miracle he started Mm -hmm. feeling sick then so i think it's more like he's still an old man he's probably dying of natural causes even though he looks younger Mm -hmm. i think he might i don't think she poisoned him but it's very similar to how pike died so i don't know that she would know to kill him i feel like she feels like something's up and i feel like she might have an idea because that picture of Monsignor Pruitt when he's younger is on the wall. She knows something's up, but I don't, she couldn't possibly know that he needs to die. I just don't know why, because Flanagan's very purposeful, right? And I don't know why he would put the poison back and have him die in a way that was so similar to the way that the dog died. And I feel like they mentioned that too. Um, so I think it might, maybe we just need to wait and see. Cause like I said, I didn't watch these very carefully the first time around. I was like half watching them. So maybe we just need to wait and see till she, maybe she has a monologue a couple times in the next few episodes. And maybe we just need to take more careful care to pay attention to what she's saying to see if maybe she admits to it. Cool. But I I don't know. They're definitely hinted towards it. Yeah. But they didn't outright say it yet. So we don't know for sure. And the fact that he was sick for days ahead of time, unless she's been slowly poisoning slowly him. Slowly poisoning him. Which would be more likely. Sure. That's usually how women poison men, right? Like yeah. in, just in history in general, it's a slow poison. It could be. It could be that she's looking for a resurrection. She mm-hmm. suspects this is happening and she's looking for the second coming of Jesus to see if he's resurrected. Yeah. It's very possible. And I, and she is evil. So I don't put she, it beyond well, her. It's, Especially because it's kind of implied in those first couple of episodes that she enjoys Monsignor Pruitt being sickly, being unable, because she's the one that's basically running the church. He's kind of the face, but she's the one who's actually doing everything. And so I think when Father Paul comes in and he's actually a really good guy, she kind of feels a little threatened. And so I wouldn't put it past her to um, feel like he's got to go. I don't think she, I think she likes him from the beginning. You think so? Yes. I don't know. I didn't get that idea until the miracles started happening and people start showing up. No, I think, I think maybe not in the first episode, but by episode two, she's like obsessed with him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think she has some like repressed sexual things happening and I wish they kind of like delved into that a little bit. Interesting. Doesn't she just seem like she just needs to get some? I mean, yeah, she's a mess. Yeah, she fucking needs it. Whew. She does. Lady. <laughs> Maybe she's Put just like... Put the poison down. 
put the poison down, go to a strip club or something, get yeah. a lap dance. Right. <laughs> okay. So, Which, I mean, we get a lot. Yeah. We get a lot in this episode. It's an action-packed episode for yeah. something that's very dialogue heavy, very yes. emotional. We get a lot of really good information. This is one this is probably the best episode of the first four episodes. I would it's say. a great, a fantastic episode. Yeah. But then, alas, we have to move on to episode four. Probably my least favorite episode so far until the very end. It's it's it it's, drags. It's drags. It's very slow. Um, yeah. and it's very long. I think it's the longest episode we have so far. Mm, Maybe the longest episode period. It uh, felt you, super long. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and and intro that one? Okay, so we are moving on to book four, Lamentations. Lam- is that how you say it? Lamentations. 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 Uh, Aaron turns to Riley after receiving upsetting news. Father Paul starts experiencing disturbing side effects, and Bev makes a startling discovery. Uh, writers are Mike Flanagan, Joyce Sherry, and Danny Parker. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, we find out Aaron's baby's missing. Yeah. Where did Aaron's baby go? Like completely gone. It's not that Aaron had a miscarriage. It's right. like the baby never happened. Right. Where is Bebe? Gone. Poof. Like she was never pregnant. Yep. She goes to get a second opinion. They do blood tests. They tell her she doesn't even have like, like any pregnancy you crazy. hormones. You never had a baby. Yeah. They're like, you should go to the psych ward. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Nothing. Then we also have Priesty. Yeah. Priesty. through it. Jesus Christ, Haley. My cat is like snoring like crazy next to me. I'm trying to record. Do you mind? Um, and then we have Priesty who's going through it because he yeah. died and came back and he is not not feeling so good. He's not doing great. He no. he gets burned by the sun. He's yeah. basically a vampire. He's very crazy. He's very he's much craving blood. He's not basically a vampire. He's just, he's a fucking vampire. Carly. He's a vampire. <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> There's no, there's no basically about it. <laughs> he can't go in the sun. Yeah. There's a demon vampire with wings. Basically Dracula. Does, he has, he's very hungry, but cannot eat human food anymore. No. What does and that mean? Like, it means we know where all those cats went. <laughs> so that means. Well, and we also finally see, we see the angel. We see that the angel is here on the island. Yeah. We see him for the first time in his full shape. And we, we now know what Riley saw on the beach was not Father Pruitt. Pruitt, right. It was this thing. This angel vampire. This uh, fucking full-on vampire, Carly. <laughs> we, we know that uh, Father Paul has been feeding his constituents vampire blood yes which is why they're getting more youthful all the health problems are going away and they can miraculously now walk no issues what a guy i don't think he knew what that meant i don't think he knew i don't either that what that's what he was doing i think he was just trying to solve their problems by giving them this miracle liquid I don't think he thought ahead at the ramifications of what could happen with that at the time. I, I think he's now starting to discover that this runs a little deeper. 
Yeah, I don't think that he is like us where we would um, see huge blood-sucking thing that drains us of our blood and then makes us come back young and think vampire. He honestly thinks that it was like a freaking miracle and that he is bringing this goodness to this island where, in fact, not so much. He's uh, he's setting everyone up for a really interesting ride. <laughs> so this is like... um. I, this is like Vampire Diaries vampires. Oh, really? But less, but less sexy. Yeah, because the vampire blood has very healing properties. You will not become a vampire if you drink it unless you die with it in your system. That's you, very true bloody, too. Is it? Okay. It's true yeah. bloody and Vampire Diaries-y. This is go. the kind of mythology, except apparently if you're an ancient vampire, you grow wings. and Unless this is like... You- a special ancient vampire. You kind of look like a Dementor with wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to look like that. No. Those wings are pretty creepy. They're so creepy. Yeah. They're pretty sweet. I like there's some there's some good wing shots coming up. I like the character design for the vampire. Mm. And I like that we don't see him or it like often or right. for very long. It's just little creepy clips and spoiler alert you won't like there's very few close-up scenes of it great yeah i like that even more yeah um which i do appreciate because i don't while i think the design is great i think it would ruin it if we see it too much oh it would make it less creepy yeah Yeah. um (laughs) oh (laughs) i I wrote a note and i was reading i was like what the fuck does that mean and then i Real, I made a really cheesy joke in my notes. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> I would love to hear it, please. I said, this church needs to buy a vowel. <laughs> Get it? Because they keep using fours as A's for all their messages on the on the board. <laughs> I didn't see that, but that's great. <laughs> I love it. You didn't notice like every message, like they only have one A. So whenever they run out of A's on the notes that they're putting on the board, they always use a four. And I was like, they really need to buy a vowel. That's perfect. But it really is something that we should talk about that we haven't yet is that Bev Keen, our evil Karen of the town, is not only is she this religious zealot that has a superiority complex, she, it's also come out that she's basically stolen the town's money. Yes. There is there was an oil spill. These people were given money and had money saved up to deal with that and she basically told everyone that they need to give their money to the church mm-hmm. and father Pruitt was too old and going through dementia he couldn't didn't even know what was happening yeah she basically took everyone in the town's money built this rec center that they don't use and pocketed the rest so she basically she's the worst fucked this town and yeah. she can't even be brought to buy some fucking A's for the for the fucking bulletin board. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate that that came full circle. I don't use the see you next Tuesday word and I won't. But I did in my notes when I was talking about her. Uh, she's definitely a C word. Yeah, she is. In like the most negative way. Absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> a positive way. Well, I think that uh, we don't need to get into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will about Mrs. Keene. Something I love about her in this episode is 
her ability to just roll with the punches, <laughs> really just fight through, come up with a plan and fucking go with it. She's really taking oh charge. God. I just laughed so hard. I hit my head on my microphone. So I apologize. If She's that was great. Just Say thing. what you will about Miss Keen. She's great under pressure. That woman does not crack under pressure. No, She's like, and she... oh, you're a vampire. Cool. Let's uh, you're going to kill someone. Cool. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like you said, she has scripture prepared for yes. everything that she needs anybody to do. Yes. She's got it figured out. She quotes scripture. She gets the people to do what they need to do. Yep. And and that's it. They're terrified, by the way. They're oh terrified. Joe is dead. Spoiler yes. alert. Poor Priestie Joe. killed him. And it's heart wrenching because it's- we love Joe. We love Joe. The poor guy was in the freaking grocery store, whatever, convenience shop that's on the thing, standing in front of beer. He had a hard time. He leaves. He goes to Father Paul for help, ends up getting murdered. Father Paul hugs him and doesn't stop. And then he bumps his head and Father Paul is just like, I guess I'll eat you then if you bumped your head. Yeah, I guess I have to eat you now. He bumps his head, lots of blood, father can't contain himself, ends up eating his brains. And Miss Keen is like, no worry, bitch. She's like, it's Hey, fine. boys, let me quote you some scripture. You go clean this up and we'll get this taken care of. Yeah. And they do it. And they do it. And they do it. Because, because Joe killed the mayor's, or killed, hurt the mayor's daughter. He yeah. shot the mayor's daughter. If it was anyone else, I don't know that it would have worked. No. But because it's Joe and no one likes Joe. It, think about it. The vampire angel, whatever you want to call it, the main one with the wings is very smart and has it figured out the order of that everything happens. Yeah. So, you know, first we have the drug dealer that no one cares about but Joe. Cool. Bye. Then we have Joe. No one cares about Joe, except now Riley kind of does. Right? Riley absolutely cares about so, Joe. So we have a problem in that, okay, Riley, now is Riley's the only one that cares. So what do you think is going to happen to Riley? You know, Riley gets attacked. But who cares about Riley? You know what I mean? The like there's, there's a lot of, you know what I mean? The, 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 the vampire is very smart. So it's very going to be very interesting to see where this goes from here. What is it? Would uh, would you say the smart? Because Riley showing up seems like a little bit of an accident. <clears throat> I don't think it's at all an accident. I don't think it's at all an because accident. I think our vampire is very smart. But how does he? Um, how would how would the vampire control the narrative of Riley? being disturbed by something that Father Paul said in their AA meeting about the sister, about Joe, you know, not being there because of his sister, and then him going to visit Aaron and being like, this okay, isn't I'm sitting well with me. I'm not saying that that exact moment was planned. Okay. But I think that Riley was probably picked beforehand. Mm. Because at the end of this episode, we see Riley getting it by the main vampire. Riley gets it. But we don't know what this means yet. So we need to wait till the next episode to see what actually happens. I was excited that Riley got it because I was like, oh, he's going to be interesting now. Let me tell Um, you right now. The next episode is very good. 
I almost kept on going. Yeah. And I was like, I need to stop. I'm glad you I didn't. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. But I think you're going to like episode five a lot. And I'm really excited for next our next episode, which, by the way, shouldn't be another two weeks like we've been doing. I think it'll come out much sooner. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll probably have it come out really soon after yeah. this one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, and not to say that Riley obviously isn't an interesting character. He has a lot of layers. But this episode for me was a snooze fest. I fell asleep um, during Aaron and Riley's talk. Many times. And this is kind of the scene that I was talking about where it seemed like she wants something romantic by her holding hands and saying, maybe you can come back later tonight. There was a very like, maybe you can come back later tonight, maybe kind of situation mm. going yeah. on. So I think, yes, the, 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 we're talking about all the exciting things in the episode, but the episode's very long and it's yeah. mostly talking. So it's, um, there is a lot of lull and it does get very slow. And I think that the, yeah, the scene you're describing is very long between Aaron and Riley. Aaron is dealing with the death of her baby. Is her baby even dead? Her baby just disappears. Um, And she's having a very hard time with it. And Riley is just being there for her. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of monologuing. There's a lot. It's not even a conversation. It's just fucking monologues. Yeah. Um, where they're I talking do. about what happens when you die. What do you think is going to happen when you die? And I mm-hmm. will say that the monologues are beautiful, but they are also Absolutely. fucking boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And there's also no... But they have no, a like, purpose. They have. I will say they have a purpose. Okay. Maybe the monologues have a purpose, but the flow of the way that they go doesn't at least for me and i no, think there's that's, no flow it's monologue it after felt, monologue yeah it was literally like this person says this then this person says this it's not even like this person says this this person in response says this it's no. literally just back-to-back monologues yeah yeah um, and that's is, why this i think that's why this entire series is really rough because that's how it mostly goes there's yeah. not a lot of conversations but there are an awful lot of monologues like it must have been hard to learn these lines yo i don't know how these people did it <laughs> Well, that brings me to, though, a really con- – like an actual conversation that I really like before Riley is leaving and the mom is talking to him and she's saying, miracles are happening here. It's amazing. And Riley finally says and finally is able to say, Father Paul lied to me tonight. Like, yeah. I understand that you're really excited, but, like, I need you to be careful. Yeah. And it's the first time that the mom maybe thinks that, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. There's a lot of great moments, but they're all at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an important episode, but it yes. is a lot of setup and a lot of talking. Yes. Um, I think the remaining episodes of this series are a lot more exciting than what we get here. This is a lot of setup. We have a lot of setup, a lot of story, a lot of character building. I think moving forward, um, it's a lot less boring. I will say that. Not to say that the monologues go away, because they do not. They do not go away. So you just got to get used to it. But all in all, um, I think it, things are about to, to get amped up a bit. I'm so. excited to watch yes. the end of this series. Absolutely. So that's the first four episodes, guys. Yay. People. Sorry. We did it. Yes. I'm excited to, to talk about the rest of it. And we will be back soon, soon. with the rest of this, if you if it isn't out already when you're listening to this. Yeah. We'll be quicker. We'll be quicker moving forward, guys. 
We will. Peoples. We had a a busy month. Yes. It's been it's been a busy couple months. It's been yeah. a busy It's been a six weird months. year, y'all. <laughs> it's been a really rough year for We won't get into it, but we've both been through some shit. Yeah. So um, we uh, appreciate you guys yes. sticking with us. Yes. Um, Thank you. Any words of encouragement and support have been so wonderful and beautiful. Uh, we love doing this podcast. And I think when both of us kind of came into our own individual hardships, we had a conversation and we're like, we want to keep doing this. Like, it's not something that we don't, you know, ever like see closing this chapter. So um, we just kind of decided to to move through it at our own time yeah. and hope for the best. And we, we decided to do it in a non-stressful way. Yes. We decided to do it where we worry about, we worry none about deadlines. We yeah. worry about when we have time and we feel like we can, we will do something. Exactly. Um, so we'll try to get back into a more regular pattern moving mm-hmm. forward, but um, we'll ease into it. Yes. <laughs> we'll ease into it. So- but you should be seeing more from us as as time goes now yes so, um Yay. but yeah it's been it's a fucking man this year has not been easy for us no it has not been kind <laughs> we're, we're we're getting through it um okay so that was the first four episodes of midnight mass thank you for listening and and we look forward to discussing the rest with you uh feel free to tweet at us at final girls hc yes. or find us on on facebook we have a facebook group um and uh, we'd love to chat with you. We're also on Instagram, Final Girls Forecast. Check All the out. places. All the places. Um, Carly, uh, also later on this month, Carly will be uh, picking our horror movies. We will not be using the wheel for the remainder of the year, I don't think. So I am the wheel. We got, yeah, <laughs> we got some big plans for the rest of the year. So um, so I'm excited to hear what you got going, Carly. You, you, you working on that list? I am. I'm. Yes. We're going to be doing a lot of like newer things. I'm excited. So I'm excited because I'm behind. I'm behind on some of these newer movies. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So we're going to. Um, yeah. We're going to do a lot of things that kind of just came out this month. Cool. So, yeah. I'm excited. You know fun. what I'm doing tonight? What? I'm going to see Scream on the big screen. Yay. I'm so excited. There's oh, like I a limited that. release, 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary, 25 wild. years. That's wild. Since Scream came out, um, I'm going to wear my Scream t-shirt. I'm very excited. Heck yeah. yeah. I love that. I love it. I'm, I don't feel like it's that guy if you wear the shirt to the movie. Like no, no, it no. is if you wear I, the shirt to the band. You know what I mean? It's not the same thing. No. It's not the not same at thing all. at all. Because I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want people who like the movie to see my cool T-shirt. Absolutely. I wore the Year Next shirt to Ooh. see Year Next. Awesome. So. Rad. Come at Did me. you have it signed? No, because I really like it too much for that. You didn't want Adam Wingard to sign it? No. Not Simon Barrett either? No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> it's perfect as it is. Simon Barrett wants to sign your boobs. <laughs> Probably. It's a guess, but I feel like it's a good guess. You know, I don't think you would I just get that vibe from him. (laughs) Simon Barrett Barrett's into signing boobs. I'm pretty sure about it. He loves it. (laughs) Gonna get like fucking summons for slander now. Um, Okay, that's it for this episode. Until next week when we finish up Midnight Mass. I'm Amy and I'm Carly. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next.
See, that was much better than last week. That was good. That reminded me of um, Hocus Pocus. Ooh. Ooh.